everyone, I'm Robert Silver, your host here, asking the question in each episode, am I crazy? Because what you're thinking is what we're going to be talking about, the podcast that says it out loud. After a deadly, deadly May 2022, it's been a full month of like of mass shootings throughout America, and uh, today we're going to be discussing guns, violence, and politics in America. With four incidents happening in just just I think last week, it might have been five or six actually, um, but it was four when I was making these notes. I want to ask the question: What is the cost of all this violence in America? And with me today, I have two very good friends that I usually talk for hours with, usually uh, individually about different topics that pop up. And uh, gentlemen, can you give yourself? Well, first, let me make sure. I take care of you gentlemen with something very awesome. Okay, here we go. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks for being, you know, taking part in the podcast. You guys are, you know, as as though I consider you two two good friends. Um, you're on lucky number 13 for this episode. I mean, for this podcast. So I'm not sure if that's a good sign, bad sign, but either way, I'm glad to have you both. Can you please start uh, introducing yourself one at a time? You want to go first, or? All right, DJ, uh, <laughs> photographer here in the Bay Area. FBJ Photography is my Instagram handle. Um, I am a retired police officer, now photographer, 24 years um, in a Bay Area city near you. But uh, glad to be <laughs> on and give my uh, two cents today. And I am Derek Benton. My Instagram handle is Derek Benton Photography. Uh, I am also located in the Bay Area, uh, all over the Bay Area. You can find me on Instagram. Feel free to hit my DMs. uh, Say, hey, you know what? I need me some photos taken today. (laughs) Awesome. Um, So as as, uh, viewers may know, or the listeners um, I've been a photographer for over 10 years, so that's how we all know each other, just from the community. But outside of that, we talk about all sorts of things under the sun, quite honestly. So I wanted to invite them on because this particular topic, we've had endless conversations, and they're pretty deep that I wish I recorded them then, quite honestly. So I said, you know what? Let me invite these two brothers on. Always have something thoughtful to, to share. They both have unique experiences. Um and perspectives. So that's what this episode's really about. So now, um, obviously, what really started this podcast episode is the massacre where in which 10 people were killed in, Buff- in Buffalo, New York, at a supermarket, and uh, which at the time was the deadliest mass shooting in the United States thus far. And um, that's what was the catalyst where I said I had to say something about this. And with... Uh, the gun, what was it? The Gun Violent Archive, which is a nonprofit organization, counted at least 201 such shootings defined as um, which four or more people were injured or killed through mid May. So, whether it's four or more people that are injured, that is what's classified as a mass shooting. And of these shootings, nine involved four. Oh, 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 I think that's the. Um, the Buffalo shooting where nine involved four were four more were fatalities in that one. That was just people shot. I mean, let's, let's start it off with that. Let's talk about that. The Buffalo shooting situation, because what's what I'm noticing already is as more horrific situations are happening and deserve their own attention. Like we're quickly on to the next mass shooting and we're almost becoming numb to these activities so let's 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 talk about Buffalo real quick. People just literally going shopping. It could have been here in California going to Safeway. I mean, wh- how did you gentlemen feel? Let's start with you, Fred. When that occurred, what w- what was the first thing that came to mind? Uh, first thing that came to mind was how could this happen in a state like New York that has <clears throat> probably one of the strictest uh, gun laws in America. Uh, New York and California have the strictest gun laws in America. And uh, come to find out, you know, person wasn't from New York. He 
came to New York. Um, I think part of that was his planning, like um, come to find out, I guess I'm, I'm skipping ahead of, of, of all this, but uh, his planning, he stuck, you know, he, he did stakeouts. He kind of talked to some of the people so that he was a familiar face around there. Also to, you know, uh, I guess get their guard down because it was like, oh, we've seen him. There's, you know, no particular thing. And uh, when we stop paying attention to things that are out of place, uh, or I wouldn't say get complacent, but I don't know, when you stop uh, paying attention to things, like you said, that are, are out of place, like he should have been out of place in the area that he was in, in that store, but nobody questioned or second guessed it. So, uh, unfortunately, um, bad things happen when, you know, your gut and your heart says something, you know, you should pay attention to that. And uh, I noticed, uh, I, I thought about that as well. And if, if as an African-American, if we go in the wrong neighborhood, let's say like Warner Creek, um, um, what's that other one? Uh, the, the wealthy, not Sam Ramon, Sam Ramon too. Any of those like yeah. areas. Danville, yep. Yeah, if we go Alamo, there, Blackhawk. If you go over mm-hmm. there, right, minding your own business, but you're in that neighborhood, they quickly will let you know you're in the wrong neighborhood. Their 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 ears perk up. Um, a cop may be called. You know, they don't they don't play around when they have suspicion. But yet we we I mean we've had countless. And what was the the church shooting? Right, the, dude, the guy that came into right. the church and then they took him to go get Burger Getting King. Off. And then uh, um, so like we have a history where in which we should rely on where we're like, hey, who is this lonely white person coming through? I, I think sometimes we're just so trying to be seeing someone for the for the uh for the better part. The good in them. That's right, the yeah. good in them. Right, like like Martin Luther King kind of stuff. But yet, if you really do the numbers, that's the time when we should be like, what are you doing here? Especially mm-hmm. if if it's a, a place where people normally see each other, people know each other, and then here comes this this white kid in the all black neighborhood, you know, asking all sorts of questions. He and that white la- he asked the white lady, "Why do you like working with black people?" Like, if that's not a sign with all this Trump stuff going on, I don't know what is. And, mm-hmm. and they're, uh, they're, they're quick to check us all the time. But absolutely. I I find it that we, I find it sometimes that we are so afraid to hurt a stranger's feelings mm. that we let that stranger hurt us. Like mm. in this case, basically. Right. Derek, what about you? Well, I see it as uh, the community, like the community, if the community is tight, you know, usually people understand and know who's coming around. Um, A lot of people aren't uh, used to being involved in community, uh, like events, um, community, like outreaches and and stuff like that. So uh, when you have certain people that come in and you know they come in you know open hands and you know they show you um that they may be good people but um you you just never know what's going on in their minds you know it's a uh the only way you can really get to know people is actually if you actually you know talk to them um and we don't do that a lot. There's a there's a lot of things we're so busy. People are so busy at work they can't even you know take the time to even talk to their children. Um, you got you know, younger kids out here, you know, mass shootings too. Like uh, people really are kind of disconnected from uh, community, and and that kind of shows also with the disconnect with the police and the community. Um, so that's kind of my take on that. Well, so you know, the community for, part. I think, oh, I'm sorry. Go I'm ahead. Sorry. I was just saying that most of the police officers don't live in the community. That's the problem. Hmm. 
Yeah, I think that's a that's you know, that's they, a they, huge they problem. They live 30, 40 miles out, and they come in and they do their dirt where they work, and then they go back to their, you know, nest, and it's all nice and clean, and they leave ours dirty. So that's a, a huge problem right there. You think that's a? That, I I honestly see that as a common denominator in numerous departments, uh, Minnesota, Milwaukee. Um, I mean, we could go down a list, but absolutely, L.A., Oakland, yeah, New York, and and no, you're absolutely right. But I noticed when I went to New York, right, one thing that they do a lot in the city is there's a lot of cops that actually walk the streets, like walk the beat, you know, and be, have a familiarity with the neighborhood. And um, I noticed that can make a big difference, you know. Um, I noticed that's not mm-hmm. available for every precinct and every situation you know if you live in the midwest you walk in a b you walk in blocks i mean their blocks are two or three miles long it could be you know to the next house or something but there is something to be said when the police reflect the community they're serving as african-american men how did it feel to you when when buffalo actually occurred like what was that kind of emotional reaction what what came to mind um well, it's here we go again. Here we go again. Um, it's it's crazy when you see things like that. Um, and then if you live in certain um, parts of the country, uh, communities, you see it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's almost like, you know, they'll push it even though it needs to be seen they'll push it to a point where it's like uh, you know like you're telling us but please do something about it you know there's something that needs to be done so why 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 can't anybody do anything about it um and they have so many people out here that specialize in uh specific things like uh mental health uh uh, behavior, um, uh, just the surrounding areas of things that just happen like that. That how how is it possible that it can, can continue to happen without anybody, you know, doing something about it? Um, people keep talking about gun laws, and I'm my father. He owns a, a weapon, and he doesn't go out you know, shooting people. So it's not guns that are the problem. It's the people that actually have the guns and um, people that are obtaining those guns. You know, they may have uh, issues like mental issues, but they can still think they're not, they're not stupid people. You know, they, they can go in and they can go in and, you know, completely calm. And then the next thing you know, they, they have a weapon and then something happened to them and then, you know, they flip a rail. So it's it's not just um, people having uh, access to guns and people having guns as opposed to people just, you know, everything that's going on, uh, the confusion, like people, you know, are down and out and, and, uh, and wealth and things that go on on a day-to-day life. Uh, people tend to forget that, you know, people are just confused and they're looking for a way to, um, connect with people and they can't connect with other people. So they, they feel, you know, ostracized and pushed out, you know, and they're doing things, you know, you know, they don't know where to go. I I don't, I'm not giving them any, you know, excuse, you know, I'm not excusing anything like that, but like, you know, people people are hurting out there, you know. People are doing things that they don't want to do. People are doing things that, you know, that's unbecoming of them that they never even thought they would do. Um, but I think it, it, it just it should be just more people just, um, you know, talking to each other and then connecting. That's why I talk about community because community um, and family, especially in small groups, is, is helpful for people. Absolutely. I, I, I think that um, my me personally, I think that 
society likes to coddle certain kind of provocateurs, you know, uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to a certain sect, it's mental illness all of a sudden. Oh, there must be something wrong at the house. You know, he needs a hug. Let's do a research. You know, let's pray for him. And um, and I, I'll be quite honest. I think I think black people should stop saying that kind of shit. I think they should. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's happened too many times where you got to look at the other side of the fence here and be like, look, white folks, your white kids, they're learning some sort of sh- like this is OK to react to to the ills of the woes of their life at 18 years old, you know, means plan that he planned it. These kids mm-hmm. planned it. They did the church. They planned it. He methodically went and scoped the scene. And talk to the people. Look where security is. He This was a strategic plan. There is no way he deserves coddling, a bottle of water. And I don't know how the hell he doesn't get shot. But nonetheless, uh, that's, a, that's, that's a conversation for later. But I, I honestly think black people should just be like, they should be asking the question, why should we trust you? Because turning the other cheek, I don't see how it has gotten us completely super far. Does that make sense? And it's not us walking in and shooting. Usually when it's black on black violence, it's usually over economic reasons, drug dealing, something like that nature. Right. And it's in a small, in a small community. Me against this dude here. Mm -hmm. Bystander gets hit, but it's usually one-on-one or some sort of situation like that. And over economic reasons. Right. You know, money, trying to make money, a living. Um, Or women. Yeah, but it's not because, oh, my God, I got dumped. Now I'm going to go shoot up every other drug dealer I see. Like, it just doesn't, we don't, we we could cope with woes. You know, 400 years of slavery, I guess, made sure we are uh, strong enough to cope with our own woes. And Not even that, it's random people. It's random people that they're shooting. Well, like, the they thing. don't know these people. Right after you clip your, your grandmother. I mean, damn. Cold blood. Yeah. So, so fr- Fred, what, I mean, feel free to chime in, brother. I see you sitting there <laughs> listening to me getting radicalized over here. I was listening. Um, part of, uh, you know, what you're saying about, you know, stopping the prayers and, and stuff like that. I mean, I'm a Christian. And coming, you know, from there, I mean, we're not necessarily fighting against, uh, uh, you know, flesh and blood, as the Bible says. We're fighting against evil and, and you know, principalities and stuff like that. When we say principalities, it's evil thoughts, the devil, the spirit uh, of, of evilness. And um, to be honest, uh, I'm a lot of this is coming from, like you said, the coddling from, let's just call it what it is, coddling from the, the, the white man, from listening to Trump, listening to uh, uh, Cruz and, and nothing happening to like, uh, what's his name, Car- Carthorne or whatever, the, the guy in the wheelchair who takes a gun to the airport. How many of us could accidentally take a gun to the airport and walk away with, with nothing happening? Mm. You know, none of us could do that, but they get away with that. It's like, it's like there's that that code that they have, you know, where they they don't fear of being shot, like you said. They don't fear. There was a, an incident, uh, Derek. You might know about it uh, uh, just recently in in uh, I believe it was either Fairfield or Sassoon, Sacramento, where no, where the cop. Um, they chased the guy into a, a home. The cop was mm. stabbed several times, mm-hmm. and they never shot this guy. They had him cornered in the house. They never shot this guy. They ended up tasing him and cuffing him and sending him to jail. And the cop was stabbed several times. I'm like, where else? We'll never. We would never get that chance to survive that. We'll never get that chance to survive. <laughs> We barely had a so, chance to, to, to sell a cigarette. <laughs> we don't so even. the there's there's an inherent difference of that privilege that they say they don't have. There is definitely, you know, that privilege. 
And like I said, being in law enforcement for 24 years, when I was working, I could truly say I didn't see it. It was like, really? Nah, really. It was like, wow. nah, you guys, are, you're seeing it the wrong way, and it's not like that, and blah, blah, blah. And, mm-hmm. you know, my wife tells me all the time, you used to always make excuses why, you know, when something happens or whatever. And she says, now it's so different listening to you talk and what have you. And uh, I just think that there has to be a change. It's not, you know, they keep talking about police need more training, police need uh, more money to do this. There needs to be a complete restructuring of a lot of police departments. The sad thing is, nobody wants to be a police officer at this day and time, mm-hmm. except for those that want to get in it for the power and those that want to get in to do their dirt. Because hmm. uh, I think another good conversation uh, for us to have later, Robert, is uh, how many law enforcement officers are being arrested for child pornography, child molestation, mm. uh, mm. uh, rape. There is a huge ring of that within law enforcement, also. So that might be another topic. And once again, and that's kept quiet. Exactly, been put out there quite a bit lately. Mm. Quite a bit lately. Um, last oh, last month there was a report that came out from January until last month. There were fifty-four officers arrested for child molestation. Mm. I was so just watching. Just, I'm sorry. Know about. I was just watching a case with the. Um, it was with police and, um, I think it was St. Louis, and they were taking. They, there was a corrupt detective or something like that, and he was yeah. like, he was he was messing around with all these you know, women on parole, etc., claiming I'm going to violate you and this and the third and. Getting head from them and everything. It was totally, yeah, that dude it was, was. Not just the parole, it was anybody that you wanted to, you know, you want to get out of this. This is what you Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's that whole power thing of having that gun and badge, and you need to bow down to me. And, and do you, so you're, so you're thinking that kind of mentality bleeds off when it comes to how they, because I noticed that. Let, let's let's talk about this. Let's talk about how media perceives these cases of violence and mass shootings and everything. Because what I notice is like, you know, like I, I, I'm not sure if you saw this meme. I'm going to try to show you on my camera here. You show, you've seen this one? Yeah, I did see that. You know, it's like <laughs> all the white people on this meme is uh, heavily armed and arrested and everybody else is unarmed and murdered and they're all black. So... So I think media has a huge role in terms of how they portray us day to day. And then when things like this happen, it's almost as if that's why the first thing I tend to hear is victim blame. What did you do? Mm-hmm. Why'd you resist? What'd you do wrong? You know? Yeah. And then when it comes to, and then when it comes to these, these are strategic murderers. They planned this. They went out and bought the gun. Okay. Isn't that, uh, uh, Fred, with your law enforcement background, that's premeditated, is it not? When I when I go buy the gun, and for the Buffalo case, not for that for that specific, specific purpose, purpose, just like the, the kids, he bought two M fifteen, uh, whatever the fuck, AR fifteen, AR fifteens, and a handgun, and over three hundred, and over three hundred rounds. No, he had fifteen. It was like fifteen hundred, bro. Cause that fool was he he did about three hundred as soon as he got toward the school, and then he did another several hundred inside. Th- he was armed to the teeth, might I add, absolutely legal. Before he could even buy you or I a drink, he could buy all this heavy weaponry that the cops were afraid to walk in on, and yeah. and then yet he walks away completely. Um, wait, they killed him in this case, obviously, but I mean. For the, for, for, there's a good chance they won't kill him if they don't have to, <laughs> and that yeah. boggles my mind. Yeah, but yet 
African Americans unarmed get snuffed out. So clearly, media has a has a role. What I mean, what do you think about the media's impact when it comes to um, coverage? To me, the media plays to. I'm not a fan of the media when it comes to this. First of all, the media plays to uh, to an audience of fear. They want to. Mm-hmm. They these reporters get on here and they talk about these weapons of mass destruction. And it's a two, two, three round. You know that goes through this and that. And these people know absolutely nothing about firearms, and mm-hmm. it just makes people when they when they hear, oh, it's a weapon of mass destruction. I can't go to Cabela's or Bass Pro Shop and buy a weapon of mass destruction. That's not what they sell at those places. Now, mm-hmm. do they sell high power, high caliber, uh, fast moving rounds? Yes, but those rounds be used for married of of things and um, it's not the gun it's not the ammo it's the person behind it and for the media to to be in such an uproar like to take away these guns or whatever at this point it's too late to take away this many there's too many guns out there to be trying to take them away so now for someone, Derek, like you said, like your dad who has a weapon that hasn't hurt anybody, but how is he going to protect his family if you want to start he doesn't have guns it. away? And mm-hmm. these guys already have their guns. They already have, mm-hmm. you know, these large caliber weapons or whatever. Like I said, the police were afraid to go in because they were under gun. So now you want to start taking away everyone else's weapons to protect themselves. And one other thing that I would like the media to ask this question, out of all these mass shootings, where are the police going? Bruh. Why is there never a cop around when a mass shooting is going on? Never. No one, There's no not one enough cops. No There's not enough cops in the world. Yeah, there's not there's enough cops a, out a, there. To, there's enough cops to stop you for having the air freshener in, 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 your, in your windshield. Or your, or your but they're looking for you, though. <laughs> they're looking for you. Well, here, here's one of the things that I noticed, too. A lot of the, these past horrendous situations, they televised it. They telegraphed it as well. They went on Facebook right. or wherever they went on. Now, if I get... I don't know if that's necessary to media doing that. No, no, no. I'm not talking about the media. I'm just saying oh, we're talking okay. about like how to prevent and, and you know, police reaction, you know, because it's reactionary, right? Now, we're talking about pre- preventive. Um, social media, right? I mean, that should have been a red flag. If I say, Fred, you're a fucking dick on Facebook, a thing will pop up so quick, right? right. But he literally said, I'm going to shoot up a school. Like how clear can and, and you like be? you said, and and broadcasted, and broadcasted it on social media. That's what I'm saying. Right. If I say you're a dick, I'm telling you because I've commented and just like as a as kidding around, and it flagged right. me. But yet he he got away <laughs> and then shows up with these two. I mean, it wilds me out. The, That's weird. I think it goes back to That's what you saying the, the 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 privilege and um who was it? I forgot who what comedian said it, but one of the most powerful weapons that privilege gives you is the benefit of the doubt right oh tommy he's not mm-hmm. upset he i mean he he just you know he's just a little upset you know i bet his grandmother thought he was okay right until that last second you know what i mean like thought he just you know he just likes shooting up kittens or whatever the fuck he was probably doing you know and uh boo whoop you know um, you're not even safe being a family member. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like the signs are clear as day as far as a lot of yeah. these like psychopathic kids. But these little these kids get the benefit of the doubt. Unfortunately, we pay for it, right? I bet yeah. I bet the parents of the kid who went to Buffalo and planned it out like he was a special ops, right? Because that's yeah. basically what he did. Like if he was CIA. He went in. He went over to the community. He doesn't even being sneaky about it. 
that's but I'm just saying he did the strategic moves as if you know right. you know he was strategic and I bet you his parents up to that very moment he's a good kid he's a good kid but yet he was probably know what was in his bedroom exactly, or anything. Exactly. I could not shut my bedroom door growing up. I Man. better not shut the bedroom door. Man, I, Man, these kids now, it's my privacy. I'm gonna call the cops room. on you. You touch me. <laughs> they need a they need an elbow and a drop kick. Remember, see that's that's what happens. Uh, WWE got that's soft. A different upbringing though. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, no, you. I right. mean, also the laws kind of help it too because you can say anything and then everybody, you know. Gets, has a, has something to say about putting it. handcuffs. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you can say, you can lie, you can straight up lie, and there's no. Um, I mean, outside of men, uh, you can lie, and then there's no repercussions for what you say. You can get people locked up. You know. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Johnny Depp who just you know won his defamation lawsuit, but he has the money and the power mm-hmm. to fight it. And uh, no, you're absolutely right. People could just say something because they didn't like, yeah. you know, what it cancel culture, etc. Uh, real quick, gentlemen, let me just take a quick little, uh, little break, right? Uh-huh. Quick. Okay, according to the WorldPopulationReview.com, the United States ranks number two for countries with the highest total gun deaths which is all causes in 2019 with 37,038 deaths with Brazil at number one and Venezuela at number three for highest gun deaths. Gangs are much less of an issue in the United States, yet it is second only to Brazil in the list in total gun deaths. Many people understandably assume the high number of gun deaths in the U S is due to mass shootings, which receive frequent attention in the media. In truth, mass shootings account for only a small percentage of gun deaths in the United States. Uh, Rather, nearly two-thirds, 63%, of gun deaths in the U.S. in 2019 were suicide. Um, So what does that say about us? I I ask you. That we over-dramatized? Yeah. The fact of, of mass shootings and gun deaths or oh my god it's it's you know the, the, the world's falling down because someone else bought another ar-15 when like you said the media sensationalizes those things by by trying to scare us you know there's another mm-hmm. and, and it's it's never good to have a mass shooting but it's like oh here's another mass shooting and oh my god there's another ar-15 so weapons of mass destruction we got to get them out of our stores and off our shelves blah 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 then to be honest there's probably more deaths well it's not probably there are more deaths by night stabbing in the united states than there are guns but nobody's trying to ban mm-hmm. knives no one's taking knives off the shelf no one even mentions how many people per year get stabbed? Uh, uh, who died from a stabbing death? Yeah, yeah. If you take out all the guns, you mm-hmm. take out all the guns. I mean, people are gonna find ways to get you. Like Black Lives Matter protests that they had, they got people running people over with cars. So people are gonna find well, a way. Mm-hmm. Nobody's trying to ban the car, are they? No, no, <laughs> no, 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 Ford, no. Until you have no to more get Ford to work. Well, you know, I think it. To me, I think what it, what a lot of this says about us, with especially with these statistics, is that um, the land of the free doesn't mean the land of the happy. If 63% of gun deaths total are from suicide, yeah, there's some, there's some, there definitely some broken hearts and some situations going on that we don't care to tackle. I think it's easier to tackle, as you said, making guns political. Also... Politic, you know, politicizing mass gun deaths. It's, a, I mean, these mass shootings, especially if it involves kids and innocent people, it's easier to sensationalize and wrap our heads around. Does that make sense? But dealing with that, you have mental issues that need um, serious treatment and funding for it. Um, no one wants to hear all that, right? They don't want to hear that like, hey, man, you're fucked up. And some people don't want to admit it anyway, Right. Um, well, do well, you think in California Reagan shut down all the mental institutions? I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, will things ever change? Do you think? 
Um, not unless there is a, a sharp uh, change in philosophy, like as far as like people, like the way people think. Um, right now, it's about uh, pretty much what somebody can tell you whatever somebody tells you that's what it is instead of whatever you actually are going through uh for yourself and thinking for yourself um what's actually going you know going on because like certain certain people are taking things like you look at um the music culture um and they they're taking that you know with open hands, like it's like there's nothing to question about it. So, like as as long as people are continuing down a path of just thinking about, hey, you know, like I'm gonna let somebody else tell me how I feel about things. I'm gonna let somebody else tell me about how you know the world is gonna be. Um, I don't think it. I don't think we can get out of that. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna there's gonna be a drop off somewhere, and it's gonna be. You know, it gets worse before it gets any better. That's for sure. Yikes! That's uh, that's definitely scary to hear. That has to get worse. Mm-hmm. You know, that I mean, look cool. how bad it is now. <laughs> no, you, no, you're yeah. right. I, I, I just hate to even think about worse. Now, um, mm-hmm. Fred. So we have the NRA that obviously plays a major role in the on on forty percent of the country, and. Uh, do you with with that tight grip, political and social grip? Do you think change is possible anytime or what? No, I think it's possible, uh, but as long as you have power hungry, evil, greedy, um, self centered uh, people in office who wheels are being greased by powers that be, um, it's going to be hard to change. And it's, it's, I don't know what it was like for my great grandparents and my grandparents, but I've seen documentaries. I've heard stories. I was able to know my great grandparents and um, what they went through. And from listening, seeing, and reading, it seems like it's getting back to that time, if not worse. Um, And it may not be worse, it just may be more in your face due to social media, cell phones, everything is now and right in front of you uh, uh, instantly. But the hate is is strong right now and uh, people you know they don't mind telling you get out of here inward or or go back to wherever or you know this week alone just watching some of my uh, youtube videos you wouldn't believe how many times i heard get out of my country and speak american what the hell is speak american most it's Americans like, can't speak American, whatever that is. You're like, <laughs> so stupid that that's what you think it is, speak American. And uh, just that hate for a different race is what's. And so passionate about to it, drive, too. Some of them are right, so passionate. To drive this type of thing. The last few shootings have been basically nothing but hate. It's it's hate, and it's not hate for somebody you know. It's hate from a race, and it all started with forty five. Forty five empowered. You know, it was it, it wasn't even a dog whistle. It was, a, hey fellas, don your sheets, we're back. And uh, until that, you know, gets changed or squashed or nipped in the butt somehow it's it's going like you said there's it it's going to get worse before it gets better and i would hate to have uh, a civil war here but uh it's it's pretty bad 
those are some pretty sad outlooks, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Okay, so uh, all right, let's. Okay, can we look at the politicians to protect us? Absolutely. Hell no. <laughs> I had to write that. Down. Okay. Absolutely. No. Uh, on both sides. Uh, on, we on both can't sides. Look at the corner police officer to help us. So how is that somebody sitting in Washington? To help us, or no, you have a point. I'll give you that. I mean, if the police are afraid to go up against this eighteen-year-old with a rifle, and they're trained, that was the SWAT right. team. My that was the SWAT that team. Was, <laughs> matter of fact, they said three SWAT teams showed up, and the Uvalde police would not allow them to go in, oh. and with. You know, so the way it works, the local has jurisdiction has to invite uh, the federal department to come in to, especially if it's not a federal crime. So their their local so, hate hmm. for the feds <laughs> blinded them so damn much. There you go. They said the border patrol were the first ones to get there. They told them no. Then the FBI got there, and they told them no. And then the ATF got. So there were three units of guys ready to go in, but they were holding back and setting up a perimeter. While he was shooting up the kids. Can you believe that? And then I found out, too, they just said something like within the last 30 days, they had active shooter training. You stupid. And this is what they did. And people were talking about, well, I sued the hell out of them. Who are you going to sue? You're suing yourself. Yeah. No, that, it's that your own tax money. Yeah, that's why uh, at the beginning of the conversation I said these folks voted for these people. They voted to have their city run in this particular way to prioritize the spending where 40% of the entire budget goes towards these fools that can't go up against the 18-year-old with zero firing experience. Like this, it boggles my mind. We we should have got they take him. We should have gotten uh, uh, Samuel Jackson and his SWAT team squashed it in two seconds. Well, the people <laughs> from the funeral home were going to go in, and they stopped them. They were the first ones to engage with the with the kid. They were the first ones to return fire. There was a funeral home. That's what I was thinking. Kid. I didn't even think. That's about what I was that. thinking. Like, there's a lot of there's like when is it? Uh, going to be talk about us being able to protect ourselves because there's a lot of uh, stigma about people having it uh, like weapons and whatnot. Um, if there's not going to be cops when things happen, oh, uh, there's a lot of states. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of states that doesn't have gun control, like open carry. We, we Like how can we actually protect ourselves? Um, when are they going to put uh police in schools like not just for kids but just for just protection um your family can't protect you in school so what are you gonna do make a a school to mini jail now with police uh if you're if you're a white straight heterosexual christian male that's the that's the that's the that's the juice right now they want to stand out there with the bravado yeah i already saw the pictures they're just standing there you know playing the he-man role gi jane and um, it's 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 absolutely hilarious. They're, they're literally posing outside in the vision that they see themselves every day, patrolling mm-hmm. everybody. Mister Sheriff, I should be telling you what you shouldn't should not be doing. Like it's their whole shit. They're allowed to do outside of their own mind. And I, I'm quite honest. You know, like me. Quite here. Let me show you this. I'm a proud member of this right here. Okay. Um, Bam. Okay. Uh, you can't see it. That sucks. But it's the uh, National uh, African-American Gun Association, if you guys know mm-hmm. about it. So I've been a member with them for two years, you know, because if I'm going to support, I mean, I do believe in the Second Amendment, I, but I'm going to believe I'm going to support an organization that supports us. Okay. That lobbies for mm-hmm. us and our particular experience is much different, you know, supporting the Second Amendment versus someone with privilege is all I have to say, you know? 
because uh, look at Texas. Texas, uh, Greg Abbott passed a law where in which you don't need a permit or a license or anything to carry a loaded weapon in the entire state. Atlanta also. I'm sorry, Atlanta. Georgia also. I mean, mm-hmm. can we can we just ask for why we shouldn't even be asking why we we shoot each other? It's just more like when is it going to happen? Is it Thursday or Friday? Which what you know? Pick a date. And uh, we should just be more organized about it, maybe. But it's it's downright ridiculous. I think, call me crazy, I know some people may say something, but we don't really have a, I don't know, maybe it's because it's so, it's so sensationalized, but I'm like, damn, Americans can't really be trusted a whole lot with some of these weapons. Not a lot of us. I don't think it should be so blatantly available to every single person. I think that's a little scary because then this sort of thing gives him the exact legal access to weaponize his, his anger and take it out. You know, and, I mean, they print they and, print uh, things that you need. They you can three oh, D print, print too, yeah. uh, parts uh, that you need without having a, the serial number on it. They call it ghost weapons yeah, they, or something like right, that. Ghost right. uh, guns. Cool. So. I don't, I don't, like, I don't trust it doesn't America. matter. I don't trust Americans with their responsibility because we go, we go way over here, way off the deep end, real fucking quick. Because uh, they mm. used to blame it on gu- games and music and whatnot, but all the other countries listen to our game uh, music and play our games, and they're not doing the same thing. So I'm quite, I'm trying to figure out why it's clearly an American thing. It's clearly an American thing. Let's be honest. This. Experience well, is so yeah, American. Brazil and, and Venezuela are also so. It's well, I mean, our country is a little, little better in terms of economic and etc. But right. they're what more third world or close to, and you know they have oil, right? Mm-hmm. But outside of that, they'd be destitute, and we should know better with the access of power, uh, money. Um, intelligence etc we should just function a little bit better than venezuela right can we agree on that but yet we're we're, but we're right there with brazil and venezuela i mean that doesn't say a whole lot for us right um is mental illness to blame let's just get that out let's just put that out there it does because i you know we hear it a lot especially now the Republicans, that's their go-to right now. Oh, that's mental illness. Let's, let's fund more mental illness. Gentlemen. For the last few, I would say absolutely not. And I think more of mental illness crimes to me are more personal, uh, more up close, I would say. Uh, not something, uh, and when I say up close and personal, I mean like actually hands on, you know, with, with the person, yeah, like their Hernandez um, brothers. Remember them? They killed the parents, mm-hmm. right? But I'm, I'm talking more of a stabbing or oh, a strangulation. Oh, or okay, something like that. I think is more, um, of a mental illness type of thing. It doesn't take anything for, like you said, for you to stand. 40 yards away and shoot somebody, you know, there's no, um, no connection. It's very disconnected. Right. There's no connection into it. So, and, and like I said, when you can go to the store, buy it, plan it, put it on social media, all that, there's no mental illness part to that. When you can have your mom grab you up and take you to another county, another state, so that you can, you know, protest and help the police. With a with a, with a loaded weapon. You know, there's no mental illness in that. When, you know, when you walk into the church and you pray with people and you look them in the eye and you talk to them and then you have on your Hitler patches and your, your uh, Confederate flag and all that, and then you go shoot on black people. There's no mental illness in that. That's just pure hate and 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 conditioning. You gotta call it yeah, you gotta call it what you call it what you call it. It's initiation into mm-hmm. the the powers that be. That's all it is. And a lot of times when when I'm 
I hear you. I hear you. I so I'm about to get in trouble with that one. Uh-oh. But, uh <laughs> when 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 you see things that that look like a duck, trust it's a duck. When you think that's the reason why something happened ninety five percent of the time, that is the reason why it happened. There was no mistake. There was no mistake that uh, there's so many black killings, there's so many Hispanic killings, or I should say minority killings in the hands of uh, the powers to be. Those aren't mistakes. I, I, can, uh, you know? can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Yep. I think you're absolutely you're right. But I can hear you. Yeah, I know. I'm not sure what's going on with my video, but that's cool. Uh, I'm, even, re- I'm recording. Even in the, uh, even in the uh, Buffalo shooting, yeah. When he was shooting, and he shot at the white guy laying by the cash register there on the floor, he even said, "Oops, I'm sorry." Wow. And continued his his his, his journey huh? through there. Wow. He said, "Oops, I'm sorry." So that's total conditioning of the hate. He knew exactly what he was doing when he shot the white guy. He was like, oh shit, I'm sorry. Yeah, he knew who his, he, who his intended target, his target was. Right. Mm-hmm. So to start, like you said, that whole narrative of mental health and, and blah, 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 blah. That's when you already know that they're setting up for the out to, to get him off and you know, these people that started these GoFundMe's and they uh-huh. million dollars already. I'm like, how can this happen? But those are the rest of the people that believe and hate also. Those are the people that continue to give these monies to help get these guys out of, you know, get a good job. Thank you. We didn't have to do it. Thank you. That, you know, yeah. Keep certain people in the office. Yeah. And I think it's the same people that support. Um, who was it that shot? Um, come on, Trayvon Martin. You know, and yeah. they yeah. he auctioned off the gun and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, this is the same kind of privilege signing, and protection. Signing bags of skittles and yep. stuff like that. I mean, pure hate to continue all these years. That's how you're making your living. Right? You know, showing up, signing back to Skittles and, and, and going to, you know, police departments and receiving, you know, what police department is receiving you and doing stuff like that. That's why I said it's, it's not coincidence that these things happen. And it's no coincidence that they never get shot. Right. You know, when they're literally caught red-handed with the gun in their hand, they somehow make it to the police department alive, so it it uh, it's quite astounding, you yeah. know. It it really is. And they get their moments of fame. They get their moments of fame, and remember the the one at the church. They they brought him uh, they brought him a uh, Burger King. What? I mean, they the audacity. The I mean, they stopped that Burger King on the way to the jail. Can you? I mean. Help me out, Fred. Does that ever like? How the fuck does that happen? How do you get that kind of treatment? And that that happens in a, in a department that has less than twenty five officers. That's the only way something like that happens. There's absolutely no way. Even if I was hungry, and I wanted to stop before I got back to the station, because I know it's about to be a long night. I'm not going to go home. That is uncalled for. There's no way I could do that. You don't. You don't. It, it it just trips me out when I hear that and then you hear a block of people mad that I'm mad about that. You know what I mean? And they're like, What's wrong with that? And and you know, mental illness and he needs a hug and he looks like one of my sons. That's basically what they're saying, you know. That's messed up because when uh they bring him in for questioning, you won't you you lose your leverage. You you lose every bit of leverage that they that that person is going to tell you everything that that you want to you know you need to hear instead of 
you know, they're going to tell you what, what you want to hear. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, he's going to get me anything you want. Anything I want, they're going to get it for me. That's... They already knew the story. That's why they... Good job. Here you go. Here's your, here's your burger team. Well, what do you think is the long-term mental effect on us as as American citizens? Like, what do you think is the long-term effect of all this? I don't think, uh, as far as government goes, I don't think they, they care. Um, as far as protecting our families and ourselves, um, you have to stay, you know, stay grounded. And, and for me, it's, it's staying grounded in, in Bible and going to church mm-hmm. and being around my church family and uh, uh, those that love me and stuff like that. Um, it's, it's, you know, you can't be of the world and, and participate in those worldly things and then expect you know, a godly blessing or an outcome. And being a Christian, if you are a Christian, for me, uh, as my church said, I'm saved, but I still got them hands. (laughs) 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 You know, uh, I'm saved, but I'm not going to let anybody take advantage of me. And if it's my time to go, I know where I'm going. So, Mm -hmm. um, I have to rest assured knowing that I'm only here for a certain amount of time and if, and if, and if it's my time to go and God sees fit that uh, something, I, I'm involved in something and my life is taken away, then you know I serve my, my life here and uh, it's, you know, it's sad to say and it's, it's hard to say, but that's you know, that's the circle of life. And uh, for those cops to not go in and do their job with those kids makes me believe they have one, no heart. They have no conviction. They have no backbone. They have no integrity. They, I can just go on and on and on about all those cowards that were at that school that day. Cowards. And they're not worthy of that uniform or badge. Don't play really badass Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursdays is a shooting. You gotta take the day off because you don't wanna you know, you gotta go home at the end of the day. That's that's not what you it's not what you swore an oath to. That's not what you signed up for. Do your job. Yeah, it's just funny that they were taking all the fancy pictures of all their new fancy toys and everything, and it's yeah, it was ludicrous. And 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 Derek, uh, question yeah about a long term mental okay. effect as far as you know as a people as we're witnessing this and some people unfortunately experiencing this, you know, what do you think mm-hmm. about the long term mental effect this has on us? Um, I think I'm kind of going off of, uh, what he said is like, you just gotta, you can't let that stuff stop you from doing anything that, you know, for fulfilling your purpose, you know, like they can put all this stuff on online, on, on media and everything like that. Keep people stay, you know, at bay and keep them inside. But like at the end of the day, um, the only way America is running is if we continue to be on our purpose and continue to, you know, be good to each other. Uh, for those who, you know, are out here um, serving God's will, um, uh, you, you can't you can't really like like as individuals, the only way we can do is just kind of influence the people that are around us and then make sure that they OK. Um as far as everybody else, you know, it's it's kind of like, hey, you know, like I'm, I have to take a chance to go out there. Like we, we got to go out to events, you know, as photographers, as, you know, business owners, uh, you have to go out and and 
meet people and and talk to people so uh as far as like mental health and whatnot i'm not even qualified to even you know diagnose anybody but i would hope that there's people out there that are working hard to try to figure that out because um the way things are looking right now i don't know man so this that's a tough one yeah i think that um the long-term effect is being played out right now. Like if we really just take a self-analysis as a whole, like when we hear about mass shootings first, we're like, it's another one. Secondly, you know, as soon as the next one happens, we're on to that one. And we forgot about the mm-hmm. impact, the lives lost, etc. that the other one. So we constantly are like being bombarded by, notifications of these instances and but at the same time it's desensitizing our emotions and i can't say that's really normal right so yeah. i think we're seeing it slowly being played out now um is this the price we pay for the american dream for some people it is <laughs> i mean all this violence some people it is i mean uh, you know just these but uh, go ahead, i would say like everything like is this the price we pay for I think people need to figure out how to heal, you know, even things that they don't believe that is an issue for them uh, to kind of just figure out what that actually means for them. You know, like, what does that what does that mean to, uh, for me to actually see and hear that? Is it desensitizing me or is it uh, something that uh, I can look further and deeper in to see what I can do in my life to make sure the people around me are are safe or are feeling you know uh, a certain type of way um about certain issues because then you you can go off on a you know a tangent like everybody you know can feel you know mad and upset and then all of a sudden there's like you know all kinds of stuff going on so uh i think uh people just trying to stay grounded uh within themselves and within their community and close friends and um, just try to figure that out what it actually means to actually hear that kind of stuff and then move forward uh, uh, Fred do you have any uh, particular on that one is this the price we pay ultimately for the American dream It's the only dream that I know, so I don't know any other dream. Like All right, brother, that's a. That's uh, a- I guess this is the the price, and uh, it's. I mean, we want freedom, right? We demand freedom. Right. It's in our DNA, yeah, but then freedom has a consequence. It does have a consequence, and I don't want. And start playing with the Constitution because mm. once that can of worms get opened up, it will be opened up to no more democracy. It's going to be a dictatorship at that point. Real so, quick. Real um, quick. Yeah, so uh, we have to work within the four corners of that uh, Constitution uh, the way it's written. Hopefully, we can get people into um, office that respect and that will honor it and that will, you know, do something about it because, like I said, if we get someone, the, the right people in play, we can start making a change, even with, you know, our military, all the way down to, you know, the local police departments, you know, because they all have to fall in line. You know, you start arresting these guys, you start putting them behind bars for for the things that you put us behind bars for. Things will start to change after that. You start taking away this qualified immunity and stuff. Things will change. People will start to gain trust back. Uh, people will do the job that they're supposed to be doing. And uh, there will be a change. But until there's a change from the top and there's someone responsible from the top. That's accountable. You, know, you have to take care, take care of yourself. You got to plan for yourself. And 
if that means two A is how I'm taking care of myself and my family, then that's what I got to do. I can't count on nobody else. Well, there you go, cold blooded and real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but I get it. I, I understand what you yeah, mean, you man. I, hands. I hear you. And 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 Derek, any last say on that? No, I guess you, you said a lot, right? Or anything you want to add to? I'm I'm just thinking. Uh, I mean, everybody has. You think about people in you know power. Uh, they're spreading out the different kind of agendas that people have in general. Um, there's all kinds of different things that are thrown in there. Um, and then there's the people that don't even, that think the the constitution is out of date. You know, they got people out there that think that it should be changed. Um, but like, there's so many different agendas out there uh, as far as like what people want and then to, you know, get over power. I just don't see there's a lot of people out there that, that would stick by uh, their own principles uh, when they get into office, you know, I mean, they, they'll, they'll bend and, you know, do all kinds of of different things just to get into office. And then uh, they reveal what they were actually there for after the fact. And, and that's like, that's kind of like, uh, a bad date you know <laughs> it's like a bad date he, he's like oh yeah this person is cool all of a sudden now like they reveal Switch themselves it's like mm-hmm. dang like who did i vote in here you know who did i let in my space i think we yeah. find that out a lot with our politicians um so with that said we have finally come to the end of all this madness hmm and I'm proud of you both for sticking it out and uh, sharing your opinions and whatnot. Um, Glad to be here. Before we cl- I close out, um, how can folks get in touch with y'all, man? What's your Instagram handles? Derek uh, or Fred? Photography. Okay. On Instagram, right? Oh, uh, you can read. There you go. Derek? Yeah, you can reach me at uh, Derek Benton Photography on Instagram. Um, I'm still building my uh, my website, so uh, don't don't beat me up for it. But uh, Instagram is definitely how you're gonna find me, and you can find me on LinkedIn too as well, Derek Benton Photography. If you have a topic, comment, or opinion you think is worth discussing, please send me a message to micrazy247 at gmail.com. That's crazy with a K. I'm your host, Robert Silver, asking a question each episode. Am I crazy? Thank you for listening.